And now, Jabroni Studios, in association with Big Herm Productions, is proud to present to you, recording from an undisclosed location in Oakdale, Connecticut, it's Chris Burns, it's Chris Lynch, this is Dysfunction Junction. Welcome back, everybody, because this week, we go back to a time where men were men, women were women, and grown-ass men didn't get pissed off when you call out their hypocrisy, and they act like little bitches. The 80s, where Reagan told you how it was and then did it, where Oliver North sold off a bunch of arms to release some hostages, and everybody did cocaine. Let's not, let's not fuck around. Yeah, everybody yeah. did cocaine, and you know where they did it? Right here. Welcome to Dysfunction Junction. In the bathroom? Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my, name, my name is Cooper. Off the back of the toilet? Yeah! <laughs> on the toilet in some cases, depending on where you were. My esteemed co-host to the right of me on the screen, Frank Drebbit himself. Chris Lynch. And of course, from the home office in Poopo, Colorado, the producer extraordinaire, the man with no hair, and the best damn barbecue chef north of the Mason-Dixon line. It's Michael Big Herm, P.S. Herman. What is up, everybody out there watching and everybody listening when we post this? So, yeah, hello to everybody paying the fuck attention. Now, I know you guys got something to talk about. Your your head looks extremely large tonight, Mike. Yeah, new screen, uh, new camera. Camera is closer, so technically if I sit back here, I would be all but... Uh, yeah, the point of view that it has where it sits is, um, it's all me now. I'm right oh, here. Oh, awesome. What'd you get for now, a camera? Oh, uh, it's go. one that Jen had a while ago. I picked it up on her bag just to plug it in. Uh, it's a little Logitech. It's nothing great. It's a 720. I it seems to hold, um, it seems to hold a relatively, um, it's got a really qu- quick refresh rate, so it picks up motion pretty well. I'm not really in, uh, super happy with its color presentation, judging by yeah, the green. Judging by the green in the background, but that could that yeah. that's not that bad. It's not bad. I can adjust that with light, but this, it's uh, not bad. This little <coughs> Walmart brand I'm using is 1440. Works fine. All right, I got nothing to share other than it's on top of my computer and it seems to work great for both shows. But I brought something to the table today. I know you guys got something you want to talk about in just a minute. This will be quick. The two, other than politics, the two most divisive things when it comes to food are ranch dressing and peeps. No, they did not make ranch dressing peeps. But I saw this online a couple weeks ago. I wanted to try it. Lynch, you are more than happy to get up out that chair and come on into the other part of the studio. I grabbed me Dr. Pepper peeps. And I'm a big fan of the peeps. They they look like little they look like poop. They look like turds. If they you look, look like at them poop. From the front, it's it literally like... like you pinched a loaf and put a wrapper on it. It's awesome. It's great. It's Whoa. like, hold on, I'm going to make you some dessert. Here's the difference. <laughs> I may have pooped, but somebody else put the wrapper on it. So I love peeps. Herm knows this. Lynch has learned this. <coughs> but if I'm going to be nine peeps to the wind if this sucks because I got to throw the other ones away. Luckily, Local Walmart. Maybe they're better if you roast them over a fire or something. Smoke Maybe. them. I don't know. See, by the, even then it looks like a I'm turd. pretty sure I picked up something that looked like that out of the yard before the lawn guy came today. I'm We're just about saying. to find out I, I for you a, guys. I put a bucket of those away. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Leave them out there. It's fertilizer. It's I had to good. put It's in a bag. It's bad, but I picked them up. They looked just like that. 
Girls, come the- look. Your <clears throat> girls, come inside. Your poop's on TV. Like no matter how I turn it, <laughs> it's still a poop. Except for this way, now it just looks like. Oh, I don't know. This like- has got some kind of <laughs> bacterial infection. I don't know. <laughs> like a seminar. That's what I'm saying. Like, what's up with the white side? That's the the poop's That's got where some you problem. Pull it off the other four. Here's the other four. They're still chilling. This oh. little piggy market. This it's little a, piggy stayed home. So it's not individuals. It's an entire battery of poop. Correct. Yeah, this is ten pieces. <laughs> the white spot is where the toilet paper is stuck. <laughs> That's it. See, Lynch got it. That's where it sticks after the fact. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I love Peeps. I've never tried. I'm not a big fan of the flavored Peeps, but I saw Dr. Pepper. I'm a big fan, as you guys know. Mostly diet Dr. Pepper, but I'm going to try this. And if it sucks, you guys are here first. And then I have nine more pieces if you guys want them. I'm calling it now. Podcast, it's not as good as the Burger Lay. I'm just calling it. It's Nothing's not as good as the Burger <laughs> Lay. Come on, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be clear on that one. Oh. Here we go. All right. Hmm. Oh. Just shove the whole thing right in there. Yeah, I don't fuck around. I've heard that about you. If it was written on the bathroom wall, it's the poop, the whole poop, and nothing but the poop. If it was written on the wall at Popeyes, it's true. If it was written anywhere else, yeah, if it was written anywhere else, not. You know what? It doesn't really taste like Dr. Pepper. Hold on. Let me try this. We'll- See, that's the sucker move. They're suckering you in. They just enough flavor to maybe it does, but you've got to eat th- seven of them and make the package <laughs> go away. Yo, yo, when I eat the twelfth one, it starts to actually taste like it. <laughs> it's got a little bit of Dr Pepper taste, but all I get is marshmallow, which is not a problem. I'm a big fan, so um, I'll give well, these. Chris, I'll give these a six out of ten. Chris, if I'm gonna try a peep. Hey, we're, we're going to eat you and gotta... going shopping when I'm done with the show. Just so have your ass ready. Oh, my God. You got Women eat. appreciate that shit. I'm not going to lie. Look at what he's got on the screen, Herm. Vienna sausages. I've got ranch ice cream at Walmart. I'll pick that shit up tonight uh, and mail it to you. All right. He says if he's going to try you can, you, Pep- I'll buy ranch oh. ice cream if I want to, woman. It's my money. Wow. And this I earn the money. I'll spend it. All right, J.G. Wentworth. Slow down. Let Put, Lynch talk. Put your tits away. No. This, this ain't even the good kind. This is Aldi's brand. There no. isn't a good kind. That's like saying there's like an expensive kind of dog shit and then just the regular old one on your lawn. Yeah. You know what? These aren't even the good ones. No. Bro, you're right. Bro. There are no good ones. That is a truer statement than knowing, you care to admit. Stop it. Knowing what I know about Lynch, <laughs> knowing what I know about Lynch, he has I have. Mar- He's got a can of $75 Vienna sausages in the house. Oh. They've been they've been marinating for 34 years. Good Lord, Lord let us speak. Look who decided <laughs> to show up. Pammy. Look who decided to show up. What up, Pammy? It's that fucking rat meat you're holding. That's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, knowing what I know about Lynch, he doesn't like marshmallow. You know what? I'm making an executive decision. Hold that thought. Oh, boy. Are we gonna? Oh, are we gonna put a Vienna sausage in the peep? Why don't we shove a Vienna sausage up the peep's bunghole? Look, I even got my special tweezers. I was gonna say, get a knife, make a bunghole. I even brought you the. Oh! See, you can't even get through the the smell. It does smell like dog food. Oh. <laughs> there we this go. That's not how I wanted. To... Oh. 
Go back to your go, go back to your station, Burns. You think go I back to your go station. Go back to my station. Go back to your station. Yeah. I leave this. Holy right here. Christ! Wait, 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 wait! No, wait. I can't. You're not going to eat that. You're going to feed it to him. You people that are only oh. listening to this show right now do not know how. <clears> the, the, you just if you're just listening and not watching, you have no idea. <laughs> of the bullet you just fucking dodged okay the you know who the real mvp of the show is tonight the people that are listening on wednesday when we post <laughs> the audio only and don't have to watch that that's who it was the most disgusting thing i ever smelled you couldn't eat that's what i'm saying this what I'm, these aren't even the good kind <laughs> oh now i gotta no don't because i'm right here <laughs> the studio bathroom i can run at any time these are delicious Oh, oh, god. oh my god. <laughs> I mean They're not quite as quality as hot dogs. Oh, they're not as quite as quality. All right, that's for sure. But hey, I'm getting 1100 milligrams of sodium. Yeah, like I mean half, you have I was going to say I was going to say you have today and tomorrow's sodium count in just two links. Good okay. Jesus Christ. What the fuck? My God. Total fat, 17 grams. Yeah, it's, it can't be good. It can't um, be Cholesterol. Good. All of is it. Only 90, is only 90 milligrams. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, lips and assholes don't have a lot of cholesterol. And it's zero carbs. With oh, excellent. Fiber. Oh, 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 oh. excellent. So it's, 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 um. It's it's keto friendly. What the fuck. Yes, Your Honor. That I is, think I'm gonna make this a thing. That is the heard Brenton That's Herman. A... All it needs is some mayo chup on top. The ah, kid, come on. The, no, it's the, the the kid is even even my he's, kid is roasting his ass. He's on point. <sighs> but nothing. Beats some, sure. a turd that tastes like Brenton. That. That's got to be right up your right up your alley, bro. A Dr Pepper peep. That's got to be some shit you're into. There it is. You sure, Chris? There's one lonely little. Oh, one lonely, one lonely demon you can, sausage. You can keep it. Feed it to Hammy. I could give a shit. Swimming Fine. in its own juices. <laughs> Jesus. Taking um, a sausage, <laughs> taking a sausage bath, if you will. Oh my God. <laughs> mm. All right, oh. last, last one down the hatch. Oh, <laughs> close the hatch, batten the hatches. Oh, God. Oh, there's a special place in hell for you right now. I'm giving Hammy. The... You're giving Hammy what now? Would you forget to put a bag in the trash in the can. can when you took the trash out? You mean before I went to work and you didn't bother to put one back in? Hey, you didn't finish the job. I let you finish the job. Um. Wow. Hey, that sounds like my house. Oh, that is like the reverse. exact. No, no. <laughs> I had that exact conversation the other day with my wife. All right. Anyway, <laughs> let's move back right to our, along. Back to our <coughs> irregular schedule programming. All right. Oh, God. Look, on either you side of me on the screen are two assholes. And these two assholes, and this week I believe we'll start with Chris Lynch. They both have what we like to call here on the show assholes of the week. Beep beep. Um, for real. Hold on. How does it feel to be a real 
Did, oh did my, you eat the peep? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 you just you you just you just cashed a a, a can of Vienna sausages, <laughs> but the peep is offensive. I gave it to the dog. That is the most lip. That is the most liberal taste testing I've ever ha seen. <laughs> that is the, that is a liberally backed taste testing right there. I the most offensive right thing there. on the planet is what a marshmallow. It offended me. It hurt All right, me. Big Al, you you might be an asshole, my friend, but you are not the asshole. No, he is not an asshole. He is not an asshole because I got the most amazing fucking thing in the mail today. Uh, my boy, Big Al, sent me a RoboCoup that, um, if I were to go buy it, would probably cost me several thousand dollars for what he sent me today. And, Holy shit. Um, yeah, it probably cost two, three grand for me to go buy what he sent me. And um, my boy is literally just asking for the price of, of shipping. So Bro, That's a great and awesome <laughs> move. And I, while I can sit back and say that, yes, that is a very generous thing. You can still be an asshole and be generous. Yeah, what for real. It? Like I said, yes, and there it is. Yeah, all the parts. All the parts. two two boxes. What, it was. It's what's amazing. A, what's a Roboku? Think of a Cuisinart on the on steroids that does steroids. Hmm. <clears throat> I'll bet um, each one of those burps tastes like Vienna wieners. Oh, oh God. With a little bit of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, like it's on steroids, on steroids. Um, it's huge. It's the, the motor. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and is and smoking crack and does meth while it does steroids. All right. Um, it's like a really, really intense commercial uh, food processor. It's, think, it's uh, like the Popeil machine. It slices, it dices, it purees. I think I've seen that on MasterChef. Yeah, it's and like I, huge. I, like the motor I, is this fucking big. Yeah, uh, I saw that on uh, one of Gordon Ramsay's um, episodes where he cooks at home. He has one yep. of those in his house. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And now I have okay. one in my house. So, like, it's That's the professional. Awesome. Yeah, so it's, we can Big pretty Al. much make anything you want. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great little unit. It's, uh, it's got the, <laughs> uh, the yeah, it's got the stainless steel bowl, not the plastic one. It's good, it's good shit. It's All right, good so. shit. Now that we're done jerking off to your new piece of machinery, I know, let's, I know, I know. let's jerk nice. off to Lynch's piece of machinery. All right, Lynch. What do, you, what do you got for asshole of the week? Who's the asshole? So I'm in Home Depot, which has become my second home lately. Um, you know those carts with like that shaped like a U? It's got the spots you can put the lumber and whatever. And the, yeah, the they're generally the called a lumber cart. Yeah, you know, one of the, yeah, the carts. Things. Yeah, 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 we know. We've used them, yep. <laughs> Grabbed one. <clears throat> grab one that was out in the middle of the parking lot walk my ass in there go right to the hardware department grab a couple boxes of screws put the screws on the cart <clears throat> i then stop at paint i get some stain put a five gallon thing come stains i put a gallon container of uh, stain on there walk towards the lumber <clears throat> i park at the end of the aisle i go to the two by fours i grab a hand an armful of two by fours and the motherfucker took my shit off and walked the other end of the store. <laughs> Motherfucker. I walked Hey past... yo, fuck with. <laughs> I walked past 12 that were parked where they're supposed to be on my way into the fucking store. This motherfucker is going to take mine. Clearly 
clearly somebody's using that because I've got shit on it. <laughs> now, see, I like to do that shit at the grocery store because here's the way it is. Like, everybody's like, you know, you got to go shopping. No, you don't. Okay? Because if you see a cart that's got relatively a bunch of shit in it that you were probably going to get too, there's no rule that says you can't just grab somebody else's cart and take it to the... It's not your shit. You ain't paid for it. You've selected it, but you haven't paid for it. It's not yours. Unless your purse is in it, it ain't your shit. That's right. If you're carrying your purse and it's not in there, it's not yours. So my shopping's done. (laughs) Somebody took my cart. What was in it? Your kid? Your purse? No. Corn pops. Fuck you. It wasn't your cart. Oh, it was nobody's cart yet. So, so. Now, if your purse was in it or your kid was in it, you got yourself a case. Yeah. Right about now, all you're doing is bitching, but I understand it's it's, it's a reasonable bitch. I'm going to say it out loud. It's a reasonable bitch. You took the wagon, the, the lumber wagon. Yep. You yep. wheeled it you around. Took your car. You got your shit. You stopped. You turned. You looked at two by fours. You turned away. You come back. Your shit's on the ground. <coughs> and all the stuff is gone. What are you stuffing your face? Oh, I'm uh, Dr. Pepper Peeps. We taste tested at the top of the show. These are they're marshmallow with a hint of Dr. Pepper. And Vienna sausage. Ah! <laughs> oh, you made me sneeze. That's what you get. That's exactly what you get. I just sneezed Vienna sausage all over my hand. Oh, no! nice. That's nice. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's um, my left I hand. I, I lied. It's my I left hand, so it's a I have an asshole of the week. Lynch oh? is my oh? asshole of the week. <laughs> there it is. There it is. For there Vienna sausages is. and snotting and, and that disgusting smell when I went out there, <clears throat> asshole of the week. Hey, you're welcome. Ugh. I'm going to have to go get more peeps when I leave. All right. Here. All right. So we've done his asshole of the week. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Are, are you complete with the asshole, or is there something you'd like to say to said asshole, or are you just um, you all fired no, up? I'm done. Did you, did you go lump him up? What? No, he, he grabbed his one piece of two-by-four and walked out the fucking door. Wait, he needed asshole. a lumber cart to carry one two-by-four? You know what? Let him go. <coughs> Let him go, because he's not an asshole. He's a fucking woke joke, libtard fuck who thinks he needs a U-cart to carry one two-by-four. Hacksaw Jim Duggan carried a two-by-four every night for 30 years. And this schmuck needs a U-boat to carry... No, fuck him. He's not the asshole of the week. He's the asshole of the month of March. Fuck him. I, uh, I follow what? him on Facebook. Hey, Jordan. What's Hold up? On. Who, Jordan or Hacksaw Jim Duggan? Hacksaw. He's not as funny as the Sheik. Who, by the way, last week, happy birthday, Iron Sheik. Happy birthday, happy 80th birthday. Iron Sheik. 80th, wow. Oh. Did, you see the, did you see my friend Daniel uh, added a video of an interview? On no. that post, I did not. Uh, later tonight, watch that interview. He legit, he legit calls a drug dealer to get crack. Oh yeah, right in the middle, in right his, the middle in of the interview. His, in his documentary, he's done that. I have to get my medicine. <sighs> yeah, right. <laughs> I need my medicine. That's what he would say. I had to go get the medicine. Oh, that's uh, happy birthday tomorrow, Mister Proto. Oh, happy birthday, Big Al! Happy and we birthday. say that, and we say that for God and for Jesus and for Mr. <laughs> and McMahon. for Mr. McMahon. That's right, dude. I'll tell you this though: the Dr. Pepper dust at the bottom, very tasty. 
Oh, the oh yeah, the the the, the Dr Pepper meth down yeah, in the dude. corners. Oh yeah, smegma. <sighs> no smegma would be oozy. All right, well, it's no, what's left whatever. in the bottom of your Vienna sausage can. Hey, I wasn't at the Home Depot with you, Accurate. but if that twat needed a U-boat to carry one two by four, no, he should be. He should be ostracized. He should be called out. No, not fuck Mr. McMahon. Do you not understand God and Jesus and Mr. McMahon? No, you don't. So don't come at me with that crap, Jordan. Don't. Heard. All right. So his that. asshole of the week is done. There we go. All right, so, so, so it's time for my asshole of the week. It's my George asshole Miller. of the week is, is, is Dodge Motor Company. Ooh, I like oh, to hear that. Oh, boy. Um... Back in the 70s, AMC, which was part of the Mopar, Jeep, Chrysler group, mm-hmm. all right, uh, produced a little tiny, a little car called a Hornet, mm-hmm. all right? Uh, it was kind of like Dodge's version of like... Um, the old Outback. Kind of like the, yeah, like the Nova. It was very kind of small, um, kind of Mustangy. y um, it's that small, you know what I mean? Wasn't huge. Um, it could also be you could also get it uh, with a, a, a little bit of a, a, a station wagon, five door type. Right. Um, you can get it a two door. Mostly it came in two door, but you get it in four doors, like a station wagon y type uh, hatchback. All right. A little bit later, but uh, for the most part, it was like a little mini muscle car. All right. Um, <coughs> the problem is is Dodge has taken that, you know, little AMX, um, little, little car and little street car. And, and they've, they've turned, they've turned it into that. That looks like, uh, yeah. Like why does everything have like the, like, why does everything have to become a fucking mid-sized, um, crossover suv i don't i don't understand they uh, ford fucked up with the whole electric mustang thing and now dodge has oh, taken this that's not a mustang and it's and you know and it 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 and this right it's this i don't understand this <clears throat> so i'm all about resurrecting the the old the old uh, titles dude i thought they did really well i thought they did really well with the challenger i thought they did really well with the magnum i thought they did really well with the charger and i think they did really really well with the grand wagoneer i mean you can even get it in that color scheme with the with the fake wood panel steam yeah know, yeah the with wood. the old with the old wagoneer yes absolutely old, old absolutely and it, it's my, my wife's got the cherokee Grand Cherokee Limited, which is a little bit smaller, and it's fucking huge. I can't imagine driving that uh, Grand Laredo around. That that must be fucking uh, the Wagoneer, rather. That must be fucking like driving a Sherman tank. <clears throat> um, and it's wider. It's a little bit wider. But um, but, but I love those, and you know I, I would love to see what they would do with the Newport, which is the classic car I own. I have a '63 Newport two door, which are rare. The Pimp Mobile, the Shaggin Wagon. That's right. Yeah, but um, that's a Plymouth. That's a Plymouth, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So you've got to figure out what the dot. Find out what the Dodge equip. What was the Dodge equivalent to that? Three hundred. See, and that's that's where, and that's why you won't have the Newport come back because yeah. technically they're all the same. Well, it's the difference between um, 
a Horizon uh, and an uh, Omni. Uh, uh, yeah, or uh, you had, uh, what is it, not the Bel Air, but you had the, uh, an Impala yeah. or, a Bi- or a Biscayne. The same it thing. was the exact same car. Yeah. The difference was interior. The difference was some motor options. Yeah, it's like, it's like <laughs> you know what uh, I mean. <clears throat> it's like Chevy and GMC now. Chevy is the standard. <clears throat> Chevy, you get your standard pickup truck. You can get you can get it blinged out, but the GMC pickup trucks, holy shit! That, that that's like luxury. Anything with GMC is their luxury line. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I I get it. I understand it, but it's still a fucking Chevy. You can put whatever you want to in it, but it's not yeah. like it was. It's not like it was when we were kids when GMC no, God, was no. a completely different division, and a right. GMC truck was better than a Chevy truck any day of the week. Now the only difference is they're pretty much made on the same line. The difference is is the name badge and some of the 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 upgrade options. Yeah, but you can go the- get the Silverado now has so many options to upgrade. Yeah, it's just. Um, the, the main difference between GMC and Chevy are the headlights and the taillights. You can slap a Chevy, um, quarter panel on a GMC and vice versa, <clears throat> but the, the headlight cutout is going to be different because they, they, the GMCs typically have the short squint, the long, uh, shorter squintier ones. GM, uh, Chevy's got the big, the big square ones. Mm. <coughs> <coughs> Are you going to die? No. <coughs> Please don't die. You know what's next, Mike? The Barracuda. The real Barracuda. Yeah, but I don't think they I don't think they'll but I don't think that'll happen because that's you that's what the challenge is for because I, I mean I, know. I understand the, the, because the problem is the problem is is Dodge is only doing power and speed right now. That's right. all Dodge is doing. <coughs> um Dodge is doing power and speed. That's it. And you notice, I don't know if you, you notice now, is that they don't call them Dodge Rams. They're Ram pickup trucks. Well, they're it's because brand- they're not they're not Dodge. Right. And they're they're branding each individual component now. It's there's Dodge, there's Jeep, and then there's Ram. Well that well that's because so, they're they're all te- they're all technically owned by different people now. <clears throat> right. Ram it, Ram but- is completely Ram truck is, division is completely owned by somebody else. <laughs> right. Uh, but the the mother company is still Fiat. Who are you calling a mother company? You, you're a mother company, motherfucker. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, I, I, I get your point. My dad's best friend, Mike, used to love those little Hornets and the AMC Pacers. Uh, with the, all, the all-wheel drive ones um, that came in the two-door or the five. five oh, those were the, e- those were the Eagles. The Eagles. Oh, I, he had one until the day he died, uh, and that thing ran like a top. I, yeah. I wanted one. I wanted one for the longest time, and he wouldn't sell me one. One of the little four-door ones. I wouldn't have minded yep. one of those. Uh, and that I would thing, have thrown mudder tires on it and just fucked around. It, that, thing, <clears throat> that thing would go through just about anything. It was like perfect all, all-wheel drive. Not like what Subaru is doing now, which it really isn't all-wheel drive. It, it's, it's what the other companies do to call it all-wheel drive. <clears throat> it's all-wheel on demand. Just like four by four, you your car is not in four by four unless it needs it. You can put it in snow, but it's still real real drive until it until it, it sees that it needs to change something. <coughs> yeah, well, it depends. You've got actually Jen's car. You can actually um, put it in monitor mode. 
and you can actually monitor how the wheels work. Um, when you take off on her car, all four wheels engage. And then after uh, it realizes that it's not needed, the back wheels drop out and her car just becomes front wheel. Right. And it stays uh -huh. front wheel and then the backs kick in as they're needed. My Land Rover, you can actually put in four low and it brings up the geometry and all that bullshit as well. So you know what, <clears throat> it'll, it'll turn red if you're if you're getting into the critical. Uh, point said, it's like, you're going to fuck this up if you keep going. Uh, that's pretty cool. <clears throat> I've never done that. <clears throat> They're too expensive to fix. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I get your point, man. I get your point. You know, it would have been nice if they'd have brought it and, and made it a nice little small little streaker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Throwing a fat, throwing a fat fucking six cylinder in it. You know, the the problem is is that they darted. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right, so that technically should have been your dart because the dart wasn't technically a small car. No, it, the, it was, dart, it was it, the dart was a, a mid-sized to large car, just below the uh, duster. Right. I mean, so it wasn't technically a small car. So the dart they smalled, where technically the dart should be your Hornet. Right. And right. The, <clears throat> and your dart should be something a little more, something a little bigger than what it is. Kind of like the old um, K car chassis from the eighties. Yeah, so maybe something a little bigger. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, the old dust. The well, like the mid, like the yeah, like the early '90s dusters. Yeah. <coughs> or the the yeah the old what the mid the mid '80s Daytonas. Oof. Yeah, I had one of those for about a month. And yeah, that's what? all anybody owned one for. <laughs> I'm like, get this fucking thing away from me. <laughs> I can't, All right. I can't tell you how many times I almost died in that fucking thing. Every time you got behind the wheel. <clears throat> Pretty much. Seriously, right? dude. It was it was no bueno. It was the opposite of bueno. It is no good. All right. Well, you got anything else to say about the idiots at Dodge Motor Company? Or are you pretty good? Nope, that's it. That All pretty right. much does it. <clears throat> Fuck you, Dodge. All For right. For real. Fuck them people. It's have some subsidiaries. Yeah, <laughs> and that and that secretary that wouldn't have sex with her boss. We mm. <laughs> mm. yeah. Coker. Wow, I read his book. He's a he was a smart guy. <clears throat> I read his book. He's a real smart guy. But we are smart guys, and we're going to talk about it today. Listen, we all were born in the seventies. We came out of an era where, when you came into our lives, seventy two, seventy three ish. The summer of love was basically over. We had gloomy, I don't want to say overly gloomy music, but the, the early 70s weren't exactly party time. Oh, you had Sabbath, Alice Cooper, Pink Floyd, all that somber. Well, well that, yeah, 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 but not, but, but, but then again, it, none of that was super mainstream. Either. Right. But even if the you're going to go mainstream, stuff. you're looking at crossover uh -huh. country music. Mm -hmm. Wow! You're, look stills all right. uh, you're looking at like Eddie Rabbit, <coughs> mm -hmm. Crystal, Kenny Gale. Loggins, Kenny yeah. Loggins. Loggins well, yeah, and that, I was going to say then it was yeah. Loggins and Messina. Loggins and Messina. Yeah. 
Um, you know what I mean? But you're, you, there was a lot of, of country crossover. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your pop music was... was Whatever was left over from the well, 60s. Was, well, it was, well, it was it, disco. Yeah, rock and roll yeah. In, in the early 70s started to take over. And then, di- like Herm said, disco hit. And that lasted a couple of years. Now, you get when you come out of 79 into 80, yes, you had some remnants left over. You had, and I'm just speaking of the pop world, you had stuff like Casey and the Sunshine Band, Blondie, um, the Village People. And when the 80s hit, it, it opened up in, in, in a 10-year period more variety and more eccentricity, if you will, in music than I think any other decade that came before it because in the 50s you had bubblegum pop and still a lot of jazz. The 60s, every, everybody was on acid and those who weren't played country music. The 70s, everybody says, you know, music was well, terrible yeah, and, in the 70s. And, and, and doo-wop. Yeah. And every, I hate when people say music was terrible in the 70s. No, it wasn't. It just, it was still in that evolution. You know, the bubblegum pop that went to the 60s and became... Beatles and Stones and Iron Butterfly and uh, what's her name? Nancy Sinatra, uh, Dusty Springfield. A lot of those, a lot of those artists were starting to, you know, you take the happy music. We're gonna, you know, uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. We're we're gonna take it. We're gonna throw it in a blender. Now the seventies came. Everything got fucked up because drugs were everywhere. But the drugs did good in the eighties. So coming out of the seventies with all of those groups. The first thing about 80s music that I that I think back to is New Wave from 80 to like 82. A lot of these, you know, Blondie started going New Wave. You had Gary Newman. You had Dur- the beginning, not the height, but the bubbling of Duran Duran. Well, what you had as the 80s opened up was the emergence and the beginning of completely electronically produced music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more. You more, had people more. that didn't know how to play that that needed to know music, but did not know how to play an instrument in order to make music. There was abilities to do it other ways. Correct. And there's nothing wrong with electronic music, dude. A good keyboard, you know, I can listen to a lot of those one hit wonders, which we'll talk about in a little bit, were heavy into keyboards and then the late you know into the mid to late 80s everybody had a keyboard from you know whitney houston to kiss to even iron maiden had keyboards in the The keytar the keytar yeah thank you europe for making that europe and uh the flock of seagulls flock of seagulls and thomas dolby there you go she blinded me with science the the 80s version of a sitar yep uh, let's stay with, let's, let's, let's just go like 80 to 82, 83. We'll, we'll break it down three years, 80 to 83. You did have quite the shift, though, coming in from the 80s, 1980, where a lot, like Herm said, a lot of the electronic music was coming about. There was a, not only a new wave of British heavy metal, heavy metal's different, we'll talk about that later, but you had a different wave of English pop music where you got right, a that lot was of, the, the real new wave. Oh, yeah. The and real you know, new wave. You can look back and, and look at some of those groups. You too started to bubble around that time, eighty to uh, eighty-three. Go ahead, Lynch, Spand- please. Spandau Ballet, Human League. Oh dear League, Christ! Uh, Human Depeche League, Mo- Depeche Mode, um, and Emotion, the Thompson Twins. Yeah, Thompson Twins, huge, big country. Oh, big I mean, country. <laughs> well, bands like that. That I mean, 
tons of electronic. That was the the new wave of British pop, as I call it, and you're from like 1980 to 1984. Um, the Cure, all these bands broke right around the same time. I mean, The Cure has been around since 1979, uh, and all these bands they they all formed early. They were kids, mm-hmm. like the the guy the the lead guy there in Depeche Mode. He's just turning 60, right. I mean, because when we were in high school, he was not that far ahead of us. No, he was in his twenties, <laughs> and we were like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's funny to look back today at that early era. Um, I had the eighty station on earlier. God help me, because as soon as I turned it on, Double Shot Tuesday, my Double Shot was Depeche Mode. That one's for Derek. Mm. There's nothing wrong with early Depeche Mode. It's when they got a little too serious that I checked out and. It is what it is. It became more of a emo. We knew the kids in high school that liked Depeche Mode. They grew the the hair on top and it flopped to the side, and everyone had like a Santa Cruz T-shirt and all that. It was like a skater, very much a skater thing. Wore Dan a lot Talbot. of flannel. Yeah, absolutely. But that music is still fun. When I listen to '80s music and I listen to something from like '80, '81, Gary Newman comes on, and I hear Cars. I jack that shit up. You know, that's a great 80, song, man. Oh, absolutely. A lot of those songs are great. Uh, the best chef south of the Mason Dixon line is watching right now. Please welcome, if he makes a comment, Mr. Tori Calhoun from the Speedway Review. Hey, Tori. How you doing, brother? Um, but what I look back at what, what sticks out to me is that was kind of the beginning of the bubbling in that three years of Michael Jackson because off the wall was 7980. Right. And Don't Stop Till You Get Enough was big, and he was starting to bubble as a solo artist. It wasn't until 82 when Thriller came out, and it hit in 83 because it was a late 82 release. Dude, it just went. Everything blew up. I remember uh, taking my Christmas money and begging my mom to bring me to Taco Bradley Tuesday is a white people holiday. Just saying. Taco Tuesday is an every people holiday. Tori's no, Taco Julie Tuesday Taco, Taco, <laughs> Taco Tuesday is a white people holiday. Because us ethnic people, we eat tacos every day. Every day is today. taco day. I eat tacos on Sunday too. You know, white Mexican I know. It's there are white Mexicans. Just so you there know, there are. They're called there Mexicans. There's one they, of them. They're, they're up Over north. There. But yeah, like no, like where, where I live, where I live, every day is taco day Understood. in my town. <laughs> can we can we just go back? This is this is why we can't have nice things. Um. I'll go to Herm first, because you just said, you know, you actually, fuck it. Let's go to Lynch. You begged your mom to go get you that album. What attracted right. you What attracted you to the Thriller album? Uh, my mom was a big Michael Jackson fan, uh, like Jackson 5, into him being a solo artist. And when he broke off in like 79 and, and did Off the Wall, that, that was in constant rotation in my house. My dad liked Michael Jackson, too. Um, so I liked enough songs on that. To be like, oh, this new new Michael Jackson album I hear is pretty good. <laughs> when needle drop both sides, there's not a bad song on that album. <clears throat> well, yeah, I mean, the, look at look at when that that album came out. Nineteen eighty three, right? Was, look when that no, album came out. Eighty two. It was December of eighty two because I used my yep. Christmas money to buy the album. Yep, but it's uh, up until about the age of thirteen or fourteen, most music choices. Are, and most of your music selection um, 
is what you get off of listening around the house with your parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you you do get choices for birthdays, and we all did, yeah. and, and music. But for the most part, up until about 13, 14, the music that you grow up with is the music of your parents. That's why... Mm-hmm. That's why I like a good oldie station. I love the Beach Boys. I think they're fantastic. Um, I like big band. My mom used to like listening to that. Uh, jazz was huge in my house. My grandfather on my dad's side loved jazz. My dad was a huge jazz fan. And I, I, I listened from everything from disco to Black Sabbath to Pink Floyd to whatever my dad was listening to. That's why I got into metal. He liked Iron Maiden. I mean... That's a, and you're absolutely right. You said it earlier about food. Your food choices are exactly the same, too. Like I was saying earlier, my grandmother on my mom, mom, mom's side, it was a special occasion to buy candy. It was either Christmas, your birthday, Easter. Um, they never had it in the house. But the flip side, my father's side, she bought the best of the best. All Godiva this and this and this and that and all the, all the fancy mints, not the, not the stuff you get at the bottom shelf at CVS. The good, the good stuff. And she was fucking four hundred pounds and diabetic. To 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 piggyback the thriller thing before we go to Herm, just a, a blurb from online. We already know Thriller is the best selling album of all time, with seventy million copies sold worldwide. It is the best selling non compilation album and the second best selling album overall in the United States. I want to know what the first is, and it was certified thirty. Four times platinum in 2021. Think what was that. diamond? What was diamond status? Ten million. Okay. So now he's I got guess. seven. He's got seven, seven diamonds. <laughs> the Eagles' greatest hits is the best-selling album of all time in the United States. Yeah, I could have told you that. Yeah. World worldwide, Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. He but was that, just. A, that, he was and, just a thing, man. Then you saw the thriller to, video. You're like, yeah. See, I saw the Beat It video first. So, and then I, it, it got my interest. I'm like, all right, Beat It's kind of cool. And then, of course, I, like you said, the Thriller video just knocks it out of the park. Um, uh, beat It with a little known Eddie Van Halen guitar solo in there. Did I, it for I, free, too. I loved it. So I was like, kind of like the best of both worlds for me. There's a little bit of rock edge and there's pop. Mm-hmm. How can you go wrong? You really could never go wrong, Michael Jackson. No, and you know I, later stuff. I'm um, pretty sure unless you were first... uh, un, un, unless you were an adolescent boy. Hey, now. Yeah, then you could go wrong. There was then a lot of hush money really wrong. There. Then you could go really wrong. They took pictures of my penis and my vagina. It was terrible. I had to put my no. I had to put my nose on. It was terrible. It was the first I... record to have seven number one singles off the record. There were what twelve songs? Yeah. yeah. So and even those five aren't exactly filler. I don't think there's a bad song on that record at, at all. Think... Get, let me get the track listing. I want to. I'll read them off, and we can sit here and debate. We could debate for hours on it, but I don't want to. Let me go to the record. Let's see. I want to read the track listing. Stop it. My phone is being all hammy, which means it won't do the right thing. All right, Wikipedia Jones uh, track listing. Here we go. Want to be starting something. Baby, be mine. The girl is mine. With 
Paul McCartney. I was going to say that's a Paul McCartney joint. Uh, written by ah Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. Mm, Quincy Jones was all over that album. Oh yeah, he oh, produced yeah, yeah. everything. Uh, Beat it, Billy Jean, Human Nature, Pyt, and The Lady in My Life. And even that song, even though it was never released as a single, every one of them released as a single, other than that one, all amazing tunes. Yeah, there's not a bad track on that album. And I think that's when the music industry in the 80s especially started to wake up and say, you know, you can be Michael Jackson or you can be the Knack and have an album with three good songs and all the rest are filler. Or you can have an album that stands up and you can have seven, eight singles. That was the Mutt Lang thing. You know, whenever he produced a, a, a group, whether it was Def Leppard or anybody else, you know, I want to hear seven singles. If I'm gonna, if you're gonna put ten pieces of music onto tape or onto, you know, digitized, because you go to hysteria later on, it was all digital. Yeah, it wasn't analog at all. Of course, you couldn't have analog with Def Leppard at that time in 1987. But I want, I want you to put out a record. No, you... because the drummer still had two arms, so they could do everything <laughs> without needing the electronics. Exactly. But the Mutt Lang theory, and I think it actually should be called the Quincy Jones theory, is I want to hear, if you're going to put 10 pieces of music down, I want to hear seven singles. Yeah. You're going to sell more records this way. You know, yes, you can have Quiet Riot, who had two songs on a record full of 10 that you still remember. Or you can have Michael Jackson, where we just read off 10 songs and you remembered almost all 10. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I personal opinion, I think it's what the... Probably the best produced and just the best recording of all time. Well, even yeah. if you go look, and again, I'm going to go back to the Google machine. When they categorize this record on the Google machine, I'm going to read to you what categories they put it under. Disco, funk, dance, pop, and classic rock. Yeah. Five different genres. Yeah. One artist. There's only one other guy that I know of in music that could do that. Michael, what was his name? Say it again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's only one other artist in history that I think could be categorized in five different genres on one record. I know who. Prince. 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 Prince Prince could do five completely separate genres, could do funk, soul, all of it on one record. And did it on every fucking record. Oh, I was going to say, he... he he would do two or three styles in a song. Yeah, so he would switch it, gears it was, in the middle of a song. He would he would switch gears and shift in the middle of the song. So yeah, that's that's yeah. completely easy. The album cut of um, I could never take the place of your man. It's a nine minute song, but right in the middle, when that's when the <coughs> the pop jingle goes away, it turns into a completely different fucking genre of music. Right in the middle of the song. It becomes more funky and it becomes edgy, mm-hmm. and you didn't know quite. I mean, at our age, you didn't know quite what you were listening to. You knew you liked it. You knew it. You know, the hair stood up on your arm a little taller. Mm-hmm. You got the tingle at the end of your schmeckle listening to this. Goes, I don't yep. know what sexy means yet, but I know. But I, whatever it is, that, that that's it. Right. This is what <laughs> this is what sex sounds like. <laughs> uh, sex is on fire. No, that that doesn't sound like sex. That's, that sounds like that is, no. That, that's not it. No, that ain't it. No, nope. that's not it at all. That's close. not it at all. No, close. not even close. Close. That's like the and, opposite of close. That's like, like far in, away. In, in Africa, it's close. That's, that's not close. <laughs> like Africa hot. Like Africa hot. 
Like Mozambique hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, even uh, Tori comes in. He says, I can't really explain my musical taste to anyone. My family listened to rock. What I and what I cook, no one would ever create in my family. See, he's putting both worlds together based on what we're all talking about. Music is very much, in my opinion, a personal identity, but the 80s really broke that door down because just as soon as you'd hear me listening to, let's say, Kiss, you could hear me listening to Prince or Jermaine Jackson or Kajagoogoo or Men at Work. There's something about, like, even when I put my shuffle on, I have an 80s shuffle. It's every song I ever loved in the 80s. And it could go just as quickly from Master of Puppets to Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, I can say it's the same a, thing. And, and, and now it, it, that it's opening itself up to a brand new audience to where I could sit with my daughter and watch Stranger Things and she'll start picking out songs and go, hey, dad, they're playing <coughs> Kiss. Hey, dad, that's the song you played for me on the 80s station, uh, Running Up That Hill. You know, she knows the land down under. She knows, you know, how do you live, how do you breathe and not be exposed to Michael Jackson? Even now, we're fucking 14 years past his death. He's still the one of the biggest icons in music history. It's kind of like, you know, I know some of us love it. Some of us hate it. The Beatles. You know, you I hear, love, hey, I love you, the I'm, I'm good on the Beatles. I don't have a problem with them. I just, again, it was one of those, like, Led Zeppelin, shoved down your throat. Eventually, you found you found your footing with it. Yeah. Uh, it, Tori comes in and says, 80s wrestling is what got me into rock and roll, to be honest. Good call. Mm. You know, what do you get more excited, especially in wrestling? And we'll, we'll I want to kind of keep this, like, close so we can expand the talk. If you're sitting at a wrestling match... It's different than boxing. In boxing, I want that rap music. I want to hear somebody be like, yeah, I'm walking down. I'm a kick yes. My fists are tight and my head is right and this and that. In wrestling, I want to hear <clears throat> arena-style rock and you get excited and then that guy comes in and he's spitting fire and shitting thunder and you're ready to go. You're excited. And that's what you know. a lot of that 80s music does. Even the, even the pop music <clears throat> got edgy. Eye of the Tiger, Christ. Who didn't want to throw on a headband and work out when you were in 1983 when that song hit? Come on now. What a horrible song. It is a horrible song, but back then, Mike, back then. But that was my point earlier. That was my point earlier. Like, a lot of it, you look back and you're like, ugh. But if you heard it, you're not turning it off. Depends on the song. It depends depends on the song. I'll give you that. All right, if you had to pick an 80s song, and I think Herm, I don't know if Herm's going to go with Eye of the Tiger. Everybody has an 80s song they absolutely cannot stand. And I'll start. Um, you Spin Me Right Round. Yeah. See, a, I like Dead or Alive. Hate that fucking tune. I liked Dead or Alive. I liked I, it. It's I, it's it's in my collection on Tidal. It's, it's in that shit. <laughs> A minute, I'm on it. Mm. I think I think it's just I've heard it so many times. Yeah, that I mean, it, like, it, it's it's been beaten. And then you know you say something like it. You're joking around with your friends. You like turn around, spin me right round. Mm. You know you joke around. So it's like part of our vocabulary. Did I ever tell you the story about True by Spandau Ballet? 
I will oh, fucking slaughter somebody and stick an ice pick through your skull if you put that shit on. It's just uh, horrible. True! I'm crossing that off the list. Don't put that on the fucking playlist, buddy. I carry an ice pick just in case that fucker comes on. <laughs> there was a joke I used to tell years ago, and it's interchangeable depending on who I'm telling the joke to. Lynch, did I ever tell you about the time uh, Herm and I almost got arrested? No. We're peeing up against the wall at this school, right? Middle of the night where we used to play basketball, and the light shines on us, and the cop yells, Turn around! And both Mike and I went, Every now and then I get a little, little bit excited. Tired. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're welcome. <coughs> My song is Tony Basil, Mickey. Yeah. All right. Instant turn. Yeah, I can see that. Skip, skip, skip. I can't skip this fucker fast enough. Now I made I made a joke earlier in the chat about the new kids on the block, and for what it's worth, that was you know the late '80s were very much a boy band time. They were starting to bubble, Oof. and Ooh. I actually how many? an hour an hour it all started with menudo. <laughs> yeah, an hour. It's after delicious. I sent, it is through a straw, especially. Uh, ask Tito Santana. Um, an hour after I sent that, I walked into a convenience store, and of course, they have new kids on the block playing, and it was hanging tough. I'm going to get my, you know strawberries and cream dr pepper and the line was get on the floor and do the new kids dancing in my mind i'm oh, like <laughs> yeah, i'm doing see, the new kids see, dance there it, it is. holds it holds a test of time there it is <clears throat> and as i said earlier and i want to see what not only the two of you think but anybody who wants to comment in the chat section there's a reason why when you see an 80s package tour like NKOTB went out with uh, Boys to Men not too long ago. The, the 80s hair metal guys always go out together. It's like Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Poison, Winger, and they fill arenas. It's they because they're all on the same medicines Probably. and medications, so it's just easier. But why can't I they do a matinee show like noontime? Fuck Jamie Lee Curtis. She's not wrong, bro. She's no, not she's wrong. Not, but. If it's if it's too late, you're too old. I'm glad you knew about that. Oh That's yeah, exactly where I was going. I want to hear Coldplay at one in the afternoon. Then put the fucking CD on, <laughs> bitch. <clears throat> you know, there's a reason why I think the '80s music holds up a lot better than a lot of other genres because, as I said to you guys earlier, nobody's begging for a better than Ezra reunion tour. Right. Right. I mean, I, yes, Alanis Morissette can go out and fill an arena, and the Cranberries can go out and fill an arena, but well, who they, they take could. who they take with them is another question altogether. Well, a lot and, of times, a um, lot of times, you got they they they'll pick an up and comer that's kind of in their genre. They kind of give them a boost because mm -hmm. you got you, you got to be. Let's be honest: if Candlebox were to tour right now. Tons of people our age would go see them. Tons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were huge. They were huge in the middle of that grunge era. But they, I think they are, they, they were the best out of that bunch. I don't think they were grunge. <clears throat> they were rock and roll. Mm -hmm. They were still three chords and make it, make it hurt. Alice and um, Chain, same way. Yeah. Yeah. That lumping them into grunge, I think, was a, was a, 
Well, they rode the they rode the coattails of <clears throat> Pearl Jam, who was the essential grunge band. I honestly think that the beginning of grunge didn't happen in the '80s and didn't happen in the '90s. It happened in the '70s with Black Sabbath. Uh, see, I don't. I, Early I don't, Sabbath. I'm not talking about Never Say Die and Technical no, Ecstasy uh, and all that bullshit when they were all high. I don't. I don't see the that. I mean, I get what you're saying with that, with the dark, grungy, crunchy tone. I mean, because Tony Iommi is is his sound is unique, um, especially on the early albums. I get where you're coming with that droning, kind of melancholy type thing. But I, I think grunge was the '70s were a lot of New York bands, right? Tons of bands. Very much so. Either it, it was one, it was either New York or L.A. And New York was kind of moving 70s. ahead, whereas in the '80s, L.A. came up well, and beat the shit out of New York. You got right. you got to look at the '70s. You got Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, all those guys in that in that class. Blondie, oh, yeah. the Ramones, the New York Dolls. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Um, all those guys. Yeah. Up through New York. So that was the 70s into the 80s. 80s into the 90s, you get the, you get rock is really kind of solid, at, at, like from 1990 until maybe 93, 94. You know, Skid Row was still popular. Metallica was still out there touring. You had Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And to me, they're not metal. They never were really metal. Um, no, I consider, I, I, I considered Van Halen... Hard rock. hard rock, yeah, hard, hard rock, rock. Yeah. hard yeah. rock. Not not necessarily what you not <clears throat> the not not, not Huey Lewis in the news rock and roll, which no. was excellent shit. I want to talk about all right. Huey Lewis in the news was excellent shit. Um, their story is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that would be that popular rock and roll, the equivalent of like Chuck Berry and whatnot in the fifties and sixties. Um, I would go with like Huey Lewis. Um, so, things like um, <clears throat> Def Leppard, and those were they, they were hard rock, and Van Halen, but where then? But then you had crew that technically I considered more metal. Yeah, they, they were, were more than, metal than they the were other. more metally than I would consider <laughs> hard rock. They were glam. you had way more crossover tunes from Van Halen than you had crossover tunes from Motley Crue. Agreed so, until until the third album when Smokin' and uh, Home Sweet Home became right, 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 and that right and Smokin' Smokin' was a reburn on a rather popular integrated popular tune mm-hmm. from twenty years earlier. Yeah, Brown's and Home Sweet Home was a nice slow piano ballad with not a lot of heavy metal guitar. Your mother could have listened to Home Sweet Home and been like, "That's a nice song." Until yeah. she saw the video and the right, 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 and saw, and then she saw, you know, nothing that's but tits. Best. You know what I mean? But your your mom could have listened to that and been like, "That's a nice, that's a that's a nice song." Oh, I do I... stuff like that all the time when I was a kid. You know, because I got from about eighty three when Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, Ozzy Osbourne's solo career had blown through the roof. My ben mother Halen. loved Great White. I got nothing on that one. I love I, Great White. I, my too. mother loved Great White. Um, well, I would finish. play. Go ahead, please, please, please. Let me finish my point about about the about the generations and the coasts. Go ahead, my man. Sorry. Sixties and seventies, West Coast. Seventies and eighties, New York. Then in the eighties, late eighties, 
you got bands booming in California. Mm-hmm. Metall- Metallica, Tesla, all those guys came at th- begging to be heard. The L.A. or San Francisco scene, yeah. Right. So you had mostly rock and metal. So they came, they come screaming up, up through the West Coast. And then here comes grunge right on their coattails. It's just, it, it just, and then a number of years later in the 2000s, it's back to the, back, back to the East Coast again. Or somewhere down the middle. You got, you got, you know, from Chicago over to the East Coast. Right. And not it's to, cyclical. Not to, you know, I don't want to shit on the 90s completely because 90s rap has endured. There's nothing better than 90s rap. Let's be uh, completely honest. I don't think rap has really ever changed. Uh, other than uh, is no, let me finish my point. Other I'm, than I'm, the, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I, I I'm 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 pumping a break. <laughs> other than the early days, other than the early days of like Curtis Blow, stuff like that, you're going way back. They were the they were the they were our jazz. That were that rap's jazz era. Those are the true classics and, and the, the maestros and the masters of their of their craft. <clears throat> and then tailing into the eighties. You get it's more, it's more pop oriented. But with your Run DMCs, yeah, it's, more, it's safe rap. Um, I uh, what's his name? LL Cool J. It's it evolved with with the rap as a direct refre- reflection of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. That's why I love it so much because you listen to rap from the seventies, eighties, and nineties. They all have a different tone and message. Then you go into the nineties and two thousands. With with your whack jobs like with Kanye, if 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 you can figure out what the fuck he's talking about, uh, you, you have please, to be as high as me, he is. Write me notes. But the message in rap is always stayed the same, Mike. That's but that's my point. The message in rap is they are a direct ref- reflection of society at that time. It's a time capsule. You could you could listen to the history from like seventy two all the way up till today in rap music, the politics the 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 atmosphere of, of of the times is captured by rap music and i think it's the most overlooked genre of music out there i think where that changed was coming into the 80s and you had you know like the sugar hill gang which you mentioned and, and yep. things like that and then here comes run dmc they were still fun well, but they started to talk about subjects that you weren't as a as a, as a white suburban kid hold that well, thought for just a second i am i am and then and then here came public enemy the music was fantastic right. stayed fantastic but then they started to talk about more politically driven things and then NWA came and punched you in the mouth, and that's when I think the game changed. Go ahead, Herm, please. Yeah, I was going to say, um, some of your earlier stuff, I, and, I mean... And Ice-T, um, Ice-T as well. You know, you listen to some of the earlier stuff, you have, like, uh, Nucleus, and... Mm-hmm. Um, Jim, own it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you've got... Um, they were just trying to get some sort of a semblance of what they were doing out. They really didn't have there wasn't a message yet they were just trying to get something that flowed and have a a, a storyline or something through a, a song that that carried right all right it wasn't that- all right because you couldn't or it, it was the time you couldn't have had the sugar hill gang doing an nwa song it would have no. sca- look all right, in in nineteen nine in 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 nineteen ninety, it scared the shit out of the white people. 
Okay. If yeah. you'd have pulled that shit in fucking 1973, you'd have never heard of anybody in that group because it would have never made it anywhere. There wasn't so much as one station that would have said, yeah, we'll play that. There wasn't even right. a progressive black college station anywhere that was like, yeah, we'll play that. No way, dude. If one, one white person hears that, we're all fucking done. We're shut down. <laughs> I think and that's literally what happened. I think what happened is, is the music was around and unfortunately, um, and I'd love to have a black listener confirm this or deny it. I think the problem is that is is that as black artists, they couldn't come out and talk about what they found socially unacceptable on the music because the people that were in control wouldn't have allowed it and you'd have never made it. You well, had to tame it down and you had to kid glove it enough so that somebody would accept it and play it and who after the, that acceptance you, through the, the 80s yes and as we played the that sugar gum pop hill you know what i mean and and the non-violent and not really hearing what's really going down in the ghetto then we started hearing people talking about what re really was going down mm -hmm. in the ghetto. Well, think about um, you, had, you had KRS one, and when KRS one came out, he blew everybody's fucking mind. What the fuck is he talking about? Mm -hmm. Here comes the police, all kinds of shit, shit that all of a sudden was was subversive, right? And it was only after everybody got used to it that nwa was able to say you know what we're really going to tell them what the fuck goes down right in if they south can do it, central we can do it better exactly right and right if they can tell what's kind of going on we're going to tell them exactly what the fuck is going down in oakland to your point when you think back to the early 80s before the rise of rap and you're right you know a lot of these artists michael jackson could not come out with stuff like that but who were the huge black artists then michael jackson lionel richie Aretha Franklin, right? Very Leon sugar, Irwin. right? Very much rule following. T um, Tina Turner, the, you know, Tina rule Turner. following. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to make a point of the time, not because I feel that way. Those were well-behaved black folk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Those were those were those, those black people were very well-behaved, and that's that's that was the attitude that then that's why they got what they got because they were well-behaved not that they were uncle tom but they fit the the mold that the execs and the companies needed of an image right what was the joke that eddie murphy made well wow, that michael jackson's a special guy look he's good clean and wholesome look that's that right but right but right people right people loved michael jackson because they saw him on tv with webster right well they right and they saw him. right and they watched him as a little kid and he was a little kid that grew up and came and it was acceptable you saw him doing their popcorn dancey candy girl music type new edition style basically new you know um that kind of thing but nothing heavy no heavy message it wasn't right. until michael was older that he started actually working real messages into his music the dangerous record the uh made in the mirror for christ right yeah. right right um some of the stuff was was real messagey and, and, and was really messagey for michael but wasn't crazy it was wasn't so crazy that it didn't make the the top forty list. One of his right. best song, one of his best songs, "Black or White," holy message, you know. <laughs> I always point to Earth Song. What a, what a fantastic Earth. tune! Great, great, great song. Um, I don't want to get way too deep and 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 
beat rap to death because I think we all know that, you know, the the rap that we heard in the 90s that endures to this day, you know, couldn't have happened without the Run DMCs or KRS-One or Public Enemy or those that came before. NWA, as an example, uh, the same can be said on the rock and roll side. We mentioned Huey Lewis in the news, which I think should sit in their own category because they were, yes, they were rock, but they were doo-wop and they were pop and they were really, really, really he tried good. well he tried almost uh huey actually tried almost every genre of music mm-hmm. um he tried pretty much every genre of music to break into before uh him he put the news together and it actually worked he did country he did funk he did all kinds of shit that excuse me most people michael aren't bolton even aware michael bolton was cool Right, like yeah. they're not even aware of the shit that he tried before Huey Lewis and the News. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I mean, again, to me, as far as pop music, um, okay, Michael Jackson clearly wears the crown, but if he had a, a, a royal court, it'd be made up of Huey Lewis and the News. Yeah, uh, they were. He surrounded himself with some of the best musicians in the world. Yeah, so he, yeah, he pretty band, much brought the best artists. That but band, I think. Go that ahead, band please. live that band live is the recording. Oh, amazing amazing you even i saw them much much later in the 90s and they were still tight hell still i saw tight. them in the mid 2000s at, at uh mohegan sun arena <laughs> yeah and they killed it they killed yeah. it they were amazing but if we can <laughs> you know if you go back in your mind's eye to 1983 you're listening to your terrestrial radio, probably since we're all from the same area. You were listening to RI-104 or Q105, and you heard... 83 was RI-104. Yep, yep. You heard Metal Health Bang Your Head. Yep. Yep. And it was... It, it, sure it, it now, now hard rock became acceptable to the people, and... You know, as many records as Black Sabbath or Kiss or Van Halen Soul. Right, maybe not in the middle of the day, but you'd catch it like after eight o'clock. They'd throw it in, Afternoon, and that's well, that's how it's cool. that's yeah. that's how it started. You know, you'd never get that. You would never hear it on the morning show. No, no. but you heard it when the kids. But were you could get it in the school. afternoon, like the two, three o'clock hour after. Yeah, when the, yes, mm-hmm. after that you would you would they'd slide it in. And yep. again. Again, you know, no matter how many records Black Sabbath or Led Zeppelin or Kiss or Van Halen or even Ted Nugent, when he was still making good music, sold, you never heard them on over-the-air radio unless they had, you know, a top 40 hit. Here comes Quiet Riot and broke the door down. Who opened the door not only for Van Halen, who was already successful, but Twisted Sister, you got. Right. Yeah. Ozzy starts hitting the radio. Yeah. my lord and then well the, you have to with, that ahead, that that change was coupled with mtv mm-hmm. yep. i was just about to say mtv yep. ushered when in the mtv whole started being able to started throwing out any it, it, it genre really didn't matter in the beginning they just threw out yeah. music so you would hear um gary newman followed by twisted sister you mm-hmm. would it followed so they, by whitney houston <laughs> right, you know what I mean? So you'd have, they'd kind of line it nicely, but you still would see that rotation and change. And with the advent of MTV, the music in rotation stopped being top 40 popular, and what was popular across 
in each genre, they would take like the top 40 of each genre and start throwing them into one yep. rotational set. But right. the one thing that MTV did that was good in breaking a lot of these harder rock bands to where they were acceptable to the public, it also killed a lot of those bands because, you know, Quiet Riot weren't a bunch of good-looking dudes. Twisted Sister, come on now. You take that makeup off of D. Snyder, he scares right. you. Right, yeah. right. But like that, then you got for the, the same reason that Lincoln probably wouldn't have won if he was on TV. He wasn't pretty enough. Right, right. right. So you got then. Then you got the influx of the pretty bands, Dokken, Poison. Um, there was a point where even Motley Crue, who's one of the better bands to come, I was going to say like uh, Nikki. They, with... pretty, they prettied up, and that was a it was a smart move for them. Well, yeah, now, that was every everybody went the glam route. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was popular. I would that was the thing in 84 85 was all there's, glam. Baby. There's nothing worse, nothing worse than seeing someone you looked at for years and years like a Nikki Six, like a Gene Simmons, like a Ted Nugent start to look like B fucking Arthur on a music video. Nobody wanted to see that. You know, the Nuge was the Nuge and Gene was Gene and Nikki was Nikki and now they all look like B Arthur on steroids. Right. Nice. Nobody wants to see a linebacker in a tutu. They look like Vinnie Vincent. Oh, God. <laughs> I wish we had a picture to throw up on the screen of what Vinnie looked like in the 80s. That was, uh, that was the beginning of the end of glam rock. It was terrible. Yeah, oh, it, it, was, it was not a pretty scene. And that's the, that, and that's the thing <clears throat> that, you know, that was, oh, I, I, I don't want to stick my foot in my mouth here, but, you know, the more hard rock went glam, it looked like a bad drag show. I mean, look at Pretty Boy Floyd. Look at uh, Tough. Uh, even yeah. Cinderella, when they first started, all looked like drag queens. Enough's enough. Oh, my Lord. Um, what the hell? There was another one I was just thinking of. Kind of a one-hit wonder. Fuck. You're going to have to work harder than that. Fuck. Uh, danger, know. danger was like. That. Oh, there you go, danger, danger. But yeah, they Warren. One album. Uh oh, did he find the? Eight? Oh, there he yeah. is, right there. there. Look at my man with his pink guitar and his lace, and oh, wearing more makeup than your mom. Kind of looks like uh, Joan Jett in that picture. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, or, or. Okay. Or, Where's he or, gonna go with? Or. Okay. Well, you can the, only orm me so much. The drummer from Dixon. <laughs> Who just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Roxy. Oh, my God. Is that Vinnie Vincent? Or is it the drummer from Dixon? I don't wow. know. At, at that Could time, be the same. Had, at that time, we had that question. But I've actually met Roxy in person, and she's not Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> you ever seen the two of them in the same room together? There no, you but go. I've never seen Paul Stanley and Cher in the same room. Yeah, but Exactly. 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 They're but the same people. Turn back They're the same I people. I don't know if it was Twisted Sister that started it because Kiss's makeup was always a little more scary, if you will. I don't know if Twisted Sister started the glam thing, but I definitely blame Poison for making it as girly as it was. A lot of the glam thing started with Adam Ant. Well, yes and no. Come on, I'm talking about in hard rock. You know, yes, you always had uh what was the guy? Uh fuck. Pete Burns. Yeah. Uh, yeah 
he, I think, you know, in, in the pop music genre, there was always, you know, a bit of androgyny. New York Dolls, same thing. Your um, mix. David Bowie. Yeah. I mean, that was even in the 70s. But in the 80s, you know, when you when the, when the hard rock movement started, dude, when Ozzy started to glam out. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. That hurt my feelings. Yeah. There's no reason Ozzy should be on stage in a sparkly bathrobe singing. Bark I was going to say looking like a like a bedazzled bumblebee. He looked he looked like if, if Phyllis Diller were a zombie. That's Ozzy Osbourne in there 86. You go. And then he realized it. He quit drugs for a couple of years. And he's like, oh, my God, mate, right. I look like Phyllis Diller, mate. <laughs> oh, and if you he... don't know who we're talking about, stop the stop the show. Get on your Google machine and look up Phyllis Diller. He's uh he's not doing too good right now. Who Ozzy? No, yeah, no. He's in rapid decline. Canceled F- the tour with Judas Priest. F- Speaking of which, if there were ever anybody who should have went that route, it's Rob Halford. Yeah, right, right. right? I mean, well, I mean, if I mean, unless you were unless you were unclear about all the leather and the spikes, Dude, you know, I mean, we I'm just saying. 13, when we were 13, we thought that was the rock and roll look. And then, as you and then we realize, no, he's no, he's, no. he's he's dressed for the club. Something. He's dressed for the for his club tonight. Um, <laughs> like that, he's like telling that, us something. It's like that scene of Police Academy, you know. <laughs> I remember. Well, uh, Herm and I were roommates at the time, like ninety four ish, when Rob Halford came out, and. I was sitting there and Mike, Mike was working. He'd come home and I, I had this weird look on my face and I've got a couple cassettes in front of me. He goes, everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I was just watching MTV. Uh, Rob Halford came out of the closet. Not, not that we were, you know, overly surprised. He's like, oh, okay, cool. I'm like, yeah, but that changes a lot of these songs. Ram it down. <laughs> Turbo. You start Lover. reading titles and you're like, Turbo my Lover. God. You've got another thing coming. <laughs> um, this, this, I don't think we can play these in front of children now. No, I don't, I'm just, cannot. I'm just saying. I have I, don't, fr- I, I don't think we're allowed to play these in front of children. I'm just saying. I, ha- I had a friend years ago who was a huge, like Judas Priest and Iron Maiden were his two favorite bands in the world. He fucking melted down when he came out of the closet. I'm like, how did you not know? I mean, come on now. He's well, like, like that completely destroyed my fucking. Childhood. I mean, like literally, just step outside of yourself for a minute and look at all the posters and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I, I see it now." I, yeah. I, I, would, I would feel like I'm ahead oh, of the it's, times. It's this is wow. This is so blatantly obvious, right? And and I'll go back to Lynch's reference of Police Academy, which is a movie I did not see in my youth. I was a late teenager when I saw it. And they oh, go to that makes club. Me with, makes me wish I want my sailor outfit. Right? You go to that club and everybody's either dressed like Rob Halford or Freddie Mercury. And you knew. You just knew. You just knew. What's up, Amy? Yeah. What are you doing? But I, I would yeah. love to I'd love to find someone anywhere and interview them who was a big priest fan back in say 83, 84, 85, 86. And just dropped and, off because when they found when he stepped out. Nope. Nope, and went to those shows dressed like Halford, thinking that that was the coolest thing since an egg white omelet. Right, and how many of them realize, like, oh my god, I've been dressing like a gay man for three and a half years? Not that there's anything wrong with it. No, but just, no, but you just, no, 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 but, but that's like fine. The, think about, but think you, about the heavy but, metal crowd in the 80s. Everybody was like, 
uber macho. <laughs> yeah. Even though their hair was teased to the sky and, you know. Look, look, I got my spike collar like Rob Halford. Yeah, I'll bet you do. I'll bet you do. <laughs> hey, get out What'd your man say? You know. Fucking I'm dog is raiding my crotch. And her, her can, that's not good. It's probably the juice you dropped from the Viener wieners. It's my crotch. I look back and I, I'm, I'm very glad that there's pictures of me from all the way back then. My biggest guilty thing was I grew my hair out. I was always t-shirt and jeans. Michael tell you that in high school, I was t-shirt and jeans, had my, uh, my boots, whether they were the motorcycle boots or the Doc Martin boots, always, I stayed the course. I thank the ever-loving gods that I never went with the cut-off Paul Stanley gimmick or the David Lee Roth two shirts, but they're crossed over and they've got scarves all over them. And there, there are way too many dudes I knew like that in high school. And I look back and I'm like, who's the punk now, motherfucker? Did, <laughs> but here, here's the ultimate question, Chris. Go ahead, please. Did you own either a denim vest or a denim jacket? Yeah, a jacket. Yeah, multiples. With, Why? Yeah, so with heavy metal patches on them. Absolutely, and they would change every three months because I'd go down to Robert's Rock Records on. and buy a new one. And if Kiss would come down, and Metallica would go up, and then Metallica would come down, and uh, Dio would go up, and then Dio would come down, and White Snake would go up. There's and another underrated band. Should have been Whitney. bigger than they were. Uh, if I could rock that today, I would. You you know here we here we go again is a cover of their own song right yeah it was four okay. years earlier okay. on a different record but when yeah, but they thickened it up but, it, but they thick I was just gonna say it they it's totally changed styles it's it's, <laughs> it's not the same song no that's why the second one sold and the mm -hmm. first one didn't move yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, and as we as we came to the end of the eighties, I know we're got about fifteen, however many minutes. We can go on forever if you want. I don't care. But as we came to the end of the eighties, the one thing that I really liked about music, and again, it's always been there. There's always been you know big female artists like Pat Benatar was hot for her five year run. Then you had um, Joan Jett. Joan Jett for her run. But boy, did we start getting the proliferation of the Whitney Houston's, the Mariah Carey's. Just all of them that just came out of—they didn't come out of nowhere. They were always there, and they—they all—they seemed like they all blasted out at the same time. And not only that, you know, when Heart changed from bluesy music to a heavier, yet softer at sometimes. How do I get you alone and all that mess? When yeah, they—they they, yeah, they went from they—they they they, edged up and they, then they, they edged, softened. I was going to say they edged up their sound, softened their tone. And actually crossed over for a couple of albums. Yeah. Into major top forty territory. And some of the some of the women that came out of that era, and look, say what you want about Whitney Houston and how it ended. Say what you want about Mariah Carey every Christmas. You know, though again, two that have stood out and have kept moving in a forward direction. Well, except for Whitney. Well, she moved in a forward direction until she got to the bathtub. Then she moved down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hell in every religion. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, um, I look at, you know, even the late 80s with uh, rock and roll. Um, the Runaways had ended in the early 80s. Joan Jett had already come up. Lita Ford is now a staple. Um, in the rap game, what was her name? Fuck if I can't remember. 
uh, Queen well, Latifah. I, I was going to say you had Queen Latifah, Moni Love. Yep. You had, um, uh, prior to that, you she had. The one that Queen um, Latifah was the one that stands out the most to me. Yeah, she made a she. Uh, as far as females, yeah, she made a a, a big crossover. Um, and salt and pepper. Yeah. Yes. I mean, come on. That yes, you had, really t- you had, you had. Uh, uh, what is it? Technotronics. Yep. Stetsasonic. You had. Um, CNC, the girl from CNC. Yep. 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 But yeah, you had a, a lot of those. Those those type singers. And a lot of females, and a lot of females coming out, and and especially in genres that they hadn't. Right, because I mean, how cool was it? And I can speak to both of you on this, but as syrupy as it was, and the band still exists to this day, although there's only two original members left in it, how cool was it to see Vixen come out with guitars and drums and bass and just you're like, wow. Well, I feel Vixen was the next. I feel Vixen was the next step in the evolution of the Go Go's. Yes, I I, I agree with that. The the Go Go's took their whole punk thing and softened it up and popped it out. But Mm -hmm. Vixen was really the next iteration of the Go Go's as the Go Go's when they began. Yes. And the Go Go's started as a punk band. Right. As an edgy punk band. They were not, um, you know vacation all i ever wanted it was right they were they were a little heavy yep and then you know like you said with vixen here here's something for you 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 can all see the video in your head you can all hear edge of a broken heart in your head pretty good rock tune written by it carries it carries written by richard marks yeah yeah he wrote he wrote a lot of songs he wrote a lot of great songs Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely! Some great songs, dude. To this day, and I know it's a '90s tune. Hazard is in my heavy rotation. It's a good song. Amazing fucking tune. One of my favorite bands ever came out of the '80s. Uh, De La Soul. Ooh. Well, one of mine came out in that time too. That I still love to this day. Is a, I mean, yeah, they were an '80s act. Living Color. Oh fuck yeah! yeah. That, they, I still, they still make good music. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, very, Herm's favorite. Very underrated. Herm's favorite. We couldn't go an entire 80s music episode without mentioning the one and only King Diamond. There you go. There you go. There you go. There was just something, dude. I, I don't care. I know he was singing. There was some just something insane. Satanic shit. But something if, insane. If it caught you, yeah. If it caught your ear. And you could see past all the the lyrics and the the horror movie bullshit. Those are some pretty solid fucking records. Yeah, like I didn't really listen for his voice or for or for lyrics. Um, I enjoyed most of what he did for the music. Mm. I get, I get like if you pretty much instrumental if you did all of his stuff that I've heard as instrumental albums, I'd probably just put him the fuck on and let him rock. Oh, Jen's a good person. Jen Sizer joined us as we're coming out of the 80s talk, and we're going to shut down the show soon. But we wanna, I want to hear your opinion, Jen. We're coming out of talking about King Diamond, and we just spent 10, 15 minutes talking about the rise of hard rock in the 80s. Um, I, I'm going to piggyback your point there, Herm. I did listen for the lyrics because, it, as I tried to explain to people over the years, it was like you could picture it was like a horror movie on a cassette or a CD. 
whatever happens in that movie visually happens in your mind. He's giving you the script. You get yeah, I mean, his now. tone, his tone, not for, yeah, 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 the tone of everything, um, mm -hmm. and of course you needed, if you listened to lyrics, you understood the story, because there was a very long story in those albums. Oh, of course, and then it, um, you know, but over to necessarily, the album if, in you, if you didn't understand English, and couldn't understand words, okay, and just listened to that, it, it you get, it's the feel. Yeah. It's the feel, I, I, and I, I can agree with that. I, I can get behind that, yep. There were a uh, lot of gimmick. There, there were a lot of gimmicky bands like that in, in that era. He had uh, King Diamond, Halloween, Halloween, Man of War. Oh God! Uh, some really, some really good bands, but you know, yeah, they all had that gimmick. Uh, Guar. Yeah, Guar started back then. I mean, uh, they've been around for fucking ever. I'm gonna agree with Jen on her comment. There will never ever be another generation of music like '80s metal. Um. It it, no. ha, it has evolved. No. It is. You, I think. I think what we're hearing now with the Godsmacks and the Five Finger Death Punches, it's all well and good, and I love those bands. But let's be. And Jen says that there was a story in every song on the entire album. Them by King Diamond, back to back with Conspiracy. If you listen to those end to end, it's the same story. One's the continuation. Eighteen years later, in um, storyline. Oh shit! I had a point. What was it? <laughs> it was on top of your head, and you're covering it with a hat. Yeah, probably. Um, fuck. Oh, um, you, the 80s were the rise of the virtuoso in guitar, too. <laughs> yes. Eddie Van Halen, Yngwie Malmsteen, uh, Steve Vai, Jason Becker. God rest his... No, he's not dead yet. He's still he alive, well, but... He might as well be. Play that poor guy. Fuck. He's doing music. Oh, he's doing electronic music. Yeah, and he talks with his eyes to his I've father. I've listened to it. I've listened it's to really it. Good it's really good stuff. Uh, really good. Coming out of that generation, too, Marty Friedman. I was uh, just going to say, Marty. Jen just beat me to it, Joe Bonamassa. Yeah, Joe Bonamassa is one of my favorite guitarists on the planet. Did you say Satriani Joe, yet? Satriani. Satriani is Steve Vai was huge. Chris and Pelletary uh, was there more, you in the, go. more in the local scene because he's a New London boy. But yep. he didn't go very far, but what he did do was fucking phenomenal. Dude, uh, his records, and I've looked this up because I've listened to. And, know, the and the resurgence of Jeff Beck. Yes. Jeff Beck made a huge comeback in the 80s. I've listened to all the Impelitary stuff. I loved Stand in Line. He did have the MTV moment, if you will. Um, there's a guy who could sell a bazillion records in Japan, couldn't walk down the street. But if he came here, he could walk into any Burger King and get a job because nobody knows who the fuck he is. They fucking loved him overseas. Japan, oh, yeah. Ger Germany, uh, Norway. They fucking loved him. Calm down, Hasselhoff. <laughs> you do not hassle the Hoff. But, you know, and one guy you failed to mention, but I think is underrated, but I, he is a virtuoso. If you've ever seen him live, dude can work a fretboard like nobody's business. But what he did serve. Mark St. John. No. No. <laughs> if there's one guy who deserves a lot of credit for serving the song first and his own ego second, George Lynch from Dokken. He was a very he's a very good guitarist. Because yeah, you listen had, to some of those they all had ego problems. I know where yeah, you're he, going with that. He likes to stroke his own. Mm -hmm. uh, it's mine. I'll done. wash it as much as I want. Yeah, do what you gotta do. If it's if it's my weenie, I can do what I want. Abuse it. So if anybody no, out there, you're, you're, 
you want to uh, check out Bonamassa's concert in a cave in Germany. It's fucking sick. Jen, I'm going to do that tonight. I've, Thank you. I've seen it. Fucking phenomenal. I love him. And people, people are like, who? I'm like, oh, my God. Before I throw the question out, uh, one more band that did a a concept record, a story record. It was the only one they ever did. And then 20 years later, they tried it again and completely fell on their face. Queensryche. Queensryche. Operation Mindcrime was phenomenal. And then 20 years later, they did Mindcrime 2. And it was like, dude, don't. You, you it can't... Was a, and it was a tragedy. They, didn't you, you and I go see that? You can't reinvent the wheel. Didn't, uh, didn't you no. Know? No. Who did I see that with? I know I, I saw it. Oh, I think I saw it with Megan, and she fucking hated it. Uh, I can never remember their names. I think they began in the 70s, but carried into the 80s, twin brothers, and they're albinos. Are you talking about Nelson? Oh, no, the Winters brothers. The who? The Winters brothers. Edgar Winters. Oh, Edgar Winter and yeah. Yeah. Edgar oh, Winter. yeah, well, that, that, that's, that's just the Edgar Winter group. That's, that's yeah. it. Well, he, him and his brother, they did, the, they did their thing for a while. Yeah. If there's, one, if there's one band. Heard, are you talking about Nelson? No, I had to. Two albinos. Come I was doing this. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, I'm like, well, I'm like, what is, is that bitch talking about extreme? Is that bitch talking about extreme? I know. I'm just like extreme. Nelson, Another good guitarist, fuck? you know, <laughs> Nuno Betancourt, uh, is doing a is doing an album with some uh, R and B girl. Yes. Yes, uh, I fucking Lucky love you, Bernays. I fucking love you too, Laprote. Uh, if you could take one band, doesn't matter what genre, take one artist, and erase them from '80s history, oh. starting with Lynch. Oh, put me who on would the it be? Spot. Oh man, I I really can't. Oh, that's a hard question, man. We'll come back to you, Herm. Any artist, any band you could erase from '80s history, they never existed. We all blink our eyes, and they're out of our wheelhouse forever. Radio Free Five Minutes. Wow. He's going with Rush. <laughs> then I'd never have to hear that, ever. That's ever. true, but then we'd lose the joy of Radio Free Five Minutes. We could just turn the radio off because we decided to. Not I'm because make, we I want to make it simple. One band, you two. Get out. Oh. Midnight, midnight Oil. Done. I like Midnight Oil. <laughs> I like you too. runs. I like you two until a certain point. And that Yeah, the Joshua that tree. Dance. Yeah. Yep. Well, Everything you know, after the that fuck. Is, I can't remember his name. I know it's looking like the guy name. looking like the looking like the guy that used to play the crazy guy in all the movies and he was in fucking what was it? Weird, Weird science. science. Please don't tell anybody about my teaching job. That's who sings for Midnight Fucking Oil, that guy. The guy from The Hills Have Eyes. Fuck the that. Only the only question I ever had was how hot is 45 degrees really? That's yeah. right. Celsius, well, Celsius, I mean, Kelvin. What are we doing? I'm going to disagree I, with Jenna. You can shut your whore fucking mouth on Whoa, the police could go away, and I wouldn't be sad. Oh, with all due respect, no. Okay, see, <laughs> that's fighting words. That's the, the, the police. The real police, Whoa. yeah, because I don't need no cops. But you know, Cur to to mm, Stuart Copeland. Mm. Uh, no, Andy Sumner. No. Touched it, you rubbed it, you stepped on it, you kicked it a little, you ground some shit fucking glass on it. Come on now. You know what right. you did to his nerve? You filled it full of Dr. Pepper peeps. That's right. Dr. Pepper and Vienna sausage juice. <laughs> my, my band, 
that could go away forever is culture club you could get rid of sting sting as a self act i will take you getting rid of sting on his own any day of the week i'm throwing a flag on that he's allowed to make one song outside of the police and that's all right but fuck his fields of barley okay yeah all right fuck the fields of barley i liked the whole group better as the police than just sting (laughs) as himself gotta be i hate that fields of barley bullshit (laughs) What, one of my walking fa- fields of gold. One of my yeah. favorite solo artists came from Genesis, and that's Peter Gabriel. He was huge in the eighties. Yeah. Oh, Mike Rutherford. Of course he was. He was awesome. Um, Mike and the mechanics. mechanics. That's right. Mechanics. That's right. Genesis. I love Genesis. All right, we're expanding. I'm expanding because there's a couple now that I'm thinking of that I'd like to take out, and I have a feeling that the next time I see Jen, I'll get a big hug and a slap. He in the might, mouth. but then again, I'm looking at Jen. Sting takes it up to ass. That's perfectly okay. He's not Michael Jackson, so it's all right. He's Who's, an adult. Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna go that route, huh? <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm pulling. I'm pulling a fast one. The band had three good songs, uh, an eight-record collection before they all split up and everybody started ODing. Um, I could do without Rat. Yeah. Absolutely. Everything but... Everything went round and round. You you can get rid of everything but the first album. All right. All right, because look, they came out... Look, let's be honest. It was hard, all right? All right, and look, and when you... when we uh, Tell me if I'm wrong. When any of you uh, tell me if I'm wrong... We saw Rat, and we saw, for the first time, we saw the most disgusting, the grimiest, shittiest, low-life band that L.A. had ever fucking produced, and we were amazed at what we saw. They were just the grimiest fucking people on the planet. They were the guys that couldn't get into the club that made a band to get into the club. Yes! Right. Yes, exactly. they couldn't get in, so they formed a band. Right, and that's how grimy they were. That first direction. album. You play drums, right? <laughs> different direction. I got to play a bass a little bit. Is that first group? album. A lot of the rest of the shit, not really. But that first album was just, you'd listen to it and you're like, what the Lack fuck? of communication was amazing. You were like, whoa, this is insane. What? Was there a group from the 80s that you think should have been bigger in any genre of music at all? Hmm. Hmm. I mean, I could start. Uh, I could go with Jet Boy. I thought Jet Boy was real good. If you guys have never seen Rose Tattoo, there's a reason for it. And I will send you guys the video. Um, Great song. They were an Australian band. But when you see the band, it looks like every member just got out of jail and decided to play in a band. Um, they were hilarious. I love their records, though. When you have a singer named Angry Anderson, you That's know awesome. you're doing something. You know you're doing something right. Yep. And uh, I wish for the life of me I could remember the name of the fucking group. The lead singer eventually transitioned. Not that that's important. They opened for Kiss one time. His name was Mark Free. I remember that. He transitioned into Marcy Free sometime in the mid-90s. Full full surgery transition i can't remember the it started with a k kicks no kicks was pretty decent they shouldn't have gotten kicks, bigger they were kicks, right where they needed to be kicks was all right and the cereal was good too so god i can't you know i'm looking uh, at it now did you, you're going to are you on the google I, machine already uh king I, king cobra king cobra there it is uh carmen acid the was part of that band he's he was a 
He's one of the best session musicians in the, on the planet. Oh, absolutely. He's played on everything. So, he played on uh, R&B from the 60s to everything. Like Black Week. Yeah. You need, a, you need a drummer? You call Carmine. Yeah, he's, your, he's your guy. Or he uh, knows Kicks, the guy. Kicks was ridiculous live. Saw them too many times in the Wolf Den. I went to one of those shows. and uh, I did, too. They were awesome. <laughs> you know who else was great? For, well, not great, but they play the Wolf Den every now and again, and I can't believe they made a movie about him. Anvil. Yeah, that's that 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 really is how you determine that your career is completely over. When you hear live at the Wolf Den, you know that most of you, most of that band hasn't been current or relevant. I'm not saying it's not good shows. Okay, hold that. You know that most of the people in there haven't been popular for 20 years. Well, if you're a band like (sighs) Kicks or even. when Striper reunited, they played a Wolf Den show. Now they're doing the theaters and arenas again. Um, but if you're a young band like Shaman's Harvest, Hailstorm, a lot of them that I saw up and coming are really good. And Jen just said it too, or they're up and coming. Um, but if you've seen Quiet Riot in the Wolf Den, that's the best they're going to do. Well, that's that's where I'm going. I'm not talking about up and coming. I'm talking about you see a name that you recognize from 20 years ago in the Wolf Den. That is the best possible show they're going to book this year. Fuck! Who was the singer for Foreigner back in the day? Played uh, the Wolf like every three weeks or so. What was Lou, Graham. Uh, Lou Graham. I was going to say Lou Graham. He sang, and you go walk through the casino and you hear Midnight Blue and uh, I want to know what love is and all right. that bullshit. Right. I think. Oh, Jen, you have to send me the link to that, please. Uh, Jen was in a Hailstorm video filmed at the Wolf Den. I want to see that. Um, Jen was, was also gonna... a ring card girl for one of the fights at Mohegan Sun. So I think I know her. You probably do. It was a Jen Sizer, you said? Yeah, that's the only Jen okay. on the chat. All right. Oh, I, I don't have Facebook in front of me. Okay. I have the chat up on the screen. Um I want to say the cars, but they, they I think they had just they had one. a really good run until 86, 87, then Benjamin Orr went on his own and did better. Uh, yeah. He and then he died. Up, he filled upward. Yes. <laughs> yeah he did. Um, I can't really think of an '80s band that I, I, I mean, because they all had the r- level they rose to in the '80s was mm-hmm. the level they deserved because it was a big playing field. There was a lot of lot of lot of team, lot of people on those teams out there. There's a lot of people competing for oh, okay for but, radio time. You know, and and you can take someone like a Pat Benatar who had a fantastic career until she decided to go jazzy, and then when that didn't work, she goes, "Fuck it, let me go back to what made me the money, which was Love Is a Battlefield and all that bullshit." Bonnie Tyler should have been bigger. Oh, there, you, that's a good one. She had a she had a couple, four or five really good songs, she and then wrote, she just she, fell off the face of the earth. She sang all the Meatloaf Reject songs. That's right. <laughs> Jim Steinman, hey, take this song. Meat doesn't want it. Okay. Okay. See how well it you can see how well it did for Meat until ninety two, but you don't. And then he died. You, you don't see Meatloaf singing that song. Totally clips the heart. I you could, I could never. See him in, what was her I, name? Carla whatnot. I, I get Carla whatnot. I made that last name up. But Carla what's her not? I can see what? him singing the song with the g- girl he sang yeah. Dashboard Light Dashboard. or. Uh, yeah, but that will forever and always be. And I, I hear that song in my head. It's Bonnie Tyler. Uh, Jen says Belinda Carlisle should have been bigger. Yeah, well, she kind of fucked. Her uh, own no, up. no, actually, she, she suffered the same. Uh, she suffered the same problem 
that everybody did, uh, from Gloria Estefan to uh, Patty Smythe. Um, everybody yeah, started wow. out as the Go-Go's. It started out as Scandal. It started out as Miami Sound Machine. And then everybody became in, in, enraptured with the lead singer. And so now the band's changed to, oh, um, oh yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, no. But, um, okay, but like, they, no, they, you, they, they, I do too now, but I'm still going to finish the saying what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know, then it became Patti Smythe and Scandal. It became Gloria Estefan and the Miami Damn. Sound Machine. It became Belinda Carlisle and the Golos. And um, you, you, there's an automatic downfall that pretty much happens anytime you separate that after the fact. Now, if right. you jumped up, you know, it was Jimmy and the boys from the beginning, there's your band. But when yeah. it was the boys, and then a couple years into we're selling shit, now we're going to rename the band Jimmy and the boys, everybody's going to have a fucking problem. And it's good yeah. that and there's your, there's your, there's your, there's your rift. And you, Eddie, you know, Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen said it best. Those people suffered from LSD, lead singer disease. Right, well, it, right. I mean, it, you, you've got a band with Eddie's name on it, and Eddie wasn't the front man at fucking all. No. Lynch, go. Well, that's why Billy Joel never gave himself a band name. Once, Not after he, Attila, no. No, after that, it was just Billy Joel. He surrounded himself with the, the same musicians. Uh, what's Liberty his name on wants, his, wants Billy's head in a bowling bag. Right, but I mean, he, he he fired his entire original band and rehired other people just because mm -hmm. he they're still friends. He's just like I, I got I need new blood. I need something new. No, what but he needed was to go soft like he did, like all these others. That even Herm talking about all these people with lead singer disease, and then they all went soft. Billy Joel comes from it's still rock and roll to me, and tell her about it, and all of these cool, poppy rock songs, and then you buy the next record, and it was, we didn't start the fire, and it's good stuff, and then you buy the next record, and well, I'm on the Downey Star Alexa. Shut the fuck up. Nobody cares about the River of Dreams because Herm and I made new lyrics to that song a long time ago. Um, I made new lyrics sometime. I'll have to send them to you. They're written down at the house to uh, it's the Belinda Carlisle song, Heaven is a Place on Earth. And the first line of it is, Wednesday nights I get to stay up late, watch Grey's Anatomy while I masturbate. <laughs> that's, my, that's my Wednesday night. How'd you know? There it is. <laughs> the fuck? What right. the fuck? Gentlemen, we're at an hour and 45, just so we know. You know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Fuck you, Bernays. Don Easter Alexa is one of my yeah, favorite. Oh, I, mean, I didn't I, say I, it was a, wasn't a great song. I do now, 30 No, years but you know later. what? He did, that, he did that all the time. Like, he, he mixed some of that softy, sappy shit in with his shit. It's just, I seem to think it has dependent on who was finding it popular. You mm -hmm. had um, uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. You had yep. bottle of red. Ooh, bottle. that was soft. She's always a woman to me. He's always been soft. It's just the the. He it's went just. All the way I think it's. It. I think it's what the selection he and what down. the people that are. Right. I mean, like he he knew who was buying his records, so he made records for the people that was buying them. Mm -hmm. Same people that were buying Sting records. Right. Um, you know, we were fields oh. of barley and gold and whatnot. Yeah. When we were talking about Huey Lewis, that scene in American Psycho always plays in my head. <laughs> this is for perhaps their greatest <laughs> offering. 
And then he I smacks the dude with an axe. Yo, for real. Hey, Paul. Whack. <laughs> fucking love that Jesus. movie. Love that fucking movie. First time I ever saw Christian Bale. We're 30 years after the fact, and I still, I, I watched, uh, I had a day off. I watched all three Hangovers back to back. And I'm sorry. Don't give me the drums yet. I'm going to finish my point. No, they can't. You, they, they just they just roll. They're not loud. And when Down East or Alexa played as they're going into Bangkok, I'm singing along with that motherfucker. And I'm singing every lyric. And I'm like, yeah, this is such a cool song. Wait a minute. I hated this song all those years ago. Uh-huh. And walking through the apartment to River of Dreams and watching Herm laugh his face off. In the middle of the night, I was whacking my pee-pee. <laughs> <Yeah. Yep. laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. You know you have yourself a hit when Mike and I can change the lyrics of the song and remember them all these years later. It's a beautiful 30 year, 30 plus years later. 30 plus years. It's a wonderful thing. Now we can play the drums. Next week, kids, questions from the hat. Might bring in a guest, might not. Don't know yet. Yep, but yep. If you, don't know, if you don't know questions from the hat, go back in the archives. Find questions from the hat. Leave a review. Like and subscribe. Share it with your friends. If you have show ideas, don't send them to me. Don't send them. Get that out of the screen, Vaina Wieners. You send them to junctiondysfunctionshow at gmail.com. Herm is on that. Like white on rice. Yep, yep. And I am. We're going to take care of business. So I say good night and they'll say good night. Good night. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Cleveland. Good night. Dude, we're, we're, we're in with church. We're in Seattle. Oh, oh man. Um, good night, Seattle. I've always wanted to learn Piano Man on guitar. Good night, Ebron!